0: Bibles today We're gonna to go to Matthew chapter 5 uh, Verse 21 to 24 and you're wondering why the kids didn't come up. They're gonna be working on their uh, play for the next few weeks. Uh, so that'll be December 18th. I know that seems a little ways away, but time flies, the older you get. They'll be here before you know it. So they're going to be working on that for the next few weeks. Um, Sunday morning and Wednesday as well. Uh, So anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. It says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Arachah, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say that fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Let's uh, let's just pray again. We go to the Word. This is going to be an awkward one, Uh, one of the hard ones we don't like hearing, so we need God's help today. Jesus, God, I pray that you would just have your way uh, in the rest of the service today. God, I pray that you would speak to us uh, through your Word and your Spirit today, God, I pray. challenge us. God, just, just have your way. you I don't want your ears to hear what you would have us to say. In Jesus' name, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus. You can be seated if you'd like. Um, last Sunday, no, two Sundays ago, um, the evening, we started a, a series and we're going to kind of continue that on for the next little bit, Sunday mornings. Um, what we called it, uh, priorities, and uh, throughout the um, teaching of Jesus, he gives us things that he says that we should focus on first. To last two Sundays ago, on the evening we talked about first seeking the kingdom of God, and uh, although this passage that we read, uh, we just read, it comes after the the first one or before the first one, um, there's no means more important than the other. The first, seeking first the kingdom of God, if we put the kingdom of God first, and we put him first, everything else kind of falls into place. And we'll be more inclined to do the rest of these things that we're going to talk about. When we seek the kingdom first, we'll be in position to do um, the rest. There's an old saying, don't get the cart before the horse. So we got to have things lined up the right way. And when we put the kingdom first, uh, we'll be in the right place spiritually to do the rest of these things. Sometimes we try to do things on our own. Sometimes we get things out of order and um, we try to produce the fruit of the Spirit without letting the Spirit produce it in our lives and that sort of thing. So we got to have things lined up. So when we say first in each of these lessons in this little series we're going to go through, it's talking about the importance of the matter in Him. So last time we said seek first the kingdom and then you can do the other things. Then, you know, we focus on our work and hobbies and leisure and all that sort of thing. But when we put those first, then things get out of whack. So we put the kingdom first, and then everything else, the Bible says, he'll take care of all of our other needs. And so the other things can be important, but the kingdom must be the, the most important. So in each lesson, there's a first, and then there's something that comes afterwards. Does that make sense? All right so the big issue with us is we like to get them backwards and so we're trying to straighten some things out um, and as people of god we should want to do what he's called us and asked us to do as well as doing it in the order he asked if you think of uh, we've talked before about david in um first chronicles he wanted to move the ark of the covenant back to where it belonged and um you know his heart was in the right place he wanted to do the right thing and Um, but God had already laid out in in the word an order for things to happen to move the ark and David didn't follow that and a man ended up dying and so they waited until they searched the law and they found the right way 1st Chronicles 15 and 13 says for because you did it not um, at the first the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we um, sought him not after the due order so it said because we didn't do things in the way that you told us to this is what happened and so, following our, you know, the word the world tells us we need to just follow our heart and our gut, and sometimes that doesn't line up with the word. And so we need to follow the word, and um, especially if the Bible is clear about a thing. Uh, even if our motives are good, if we're not obeying the word, it doesn't really matter, as you see with the story of David. And so Jesus um, presents. Something like this while he's teaching. So we're going to talk about being reconciled to a brother. I didn't tell you the title, I guess. First, be reconciled to your brother. And so Jesus says in Matthew 5, uh, 21 to 24, that we read, it says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, raka shall be in danger of the judgment. Of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. What could be more important than than bringing a sacrifice to God? What could you know be better than giving something to God? And what's more necessary than us coming and and worshiping him together, right? Because that's how we look at things normally. The most important thing is we need to worship him and we need to give to God. We need to sacrifice and all of that. But here again, in the whole Sermon on the Mount, Jesus kind of flips something that they, they've believed in. And, and he shows us something that should rank higher in our lives than even sacrifice. And so this teaching comes from uh, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's kind of showing them that some of the teaching of the day and some of the beliefs that the, the religious leaders have put on the people, they've kind of missed the principle of the matter. And so he starts with the verse 21. He says, you've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shall not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. We can all agree with that. That's a Pretty clear thing. Um, it comes from the Ten Commandments. If you're familiar with that, Exodus 20 and 13 says, "Thou shalt not kill." And then Deuteronomy 5 and 17, you're not going to see this coming. "Thou shalt not kill." It's in there twice. "Thou shalt not kill." And so this is a this is a law that they've they've got. This is a law that we've got. And he says, you know, you've heard it said that you shouldn't kill, or there's going to be. A judgment, But like a lot of the other lessons on the Sermon on the Mount, he takes it a bit further and he gets to the heart of the matter. Because a lot of us, we're not going to kill someone. I would, I would like to think most of us, or even all of us, um, aren't going to. If you have, we can talk about it after. But <laughs> most folks generally don't go around murdering people. That's... Kind of normal. Um, we don't go around, we, we don't do that, but we go. <sighs> and so what he's saying is like we can just go around thinking and acting like, well, I didn't kill anyone today. I'm good. And if that's if that's your like goal for the day, I don't know. That's a pretty low bar. Like, I haven't killed anyone today. Well, that was a good day. <laughs> and so. Jesus, he's always concerned with the heart of the matter, the issue. And sure, maybe we didn't kill anyone. Hopefully we did. But we will throw insults around. And we'll hate people. And we'll despise people. And we'll curse them out when they cut us off. Because nobody knows how to drive. Except for me. <laughs> And we'll we'll get upset, and we'll you know. And so Jesus, he's concerned with the hearts. And the Pharisees, they were the religious leaders at the time, and they were uh, incredibly good at looking holy, and they appeared to obey the law on the outside. They, uh, but on the inside, they were full of sin. Jesus compares them to whitewashed tombs. You know, look pretty good on the outside, but you're full of dead and uh, rottenness on the inside. And so Jesus says, you heard it." Said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But he says, But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Racka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall find, or say thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he says, It's not enough just to not kill Your brother. It's not enough just to not kill someone today. That's a that's a given thing that we should, you know, not do. Jesus expects more out of his disciples, and he says in verse twenty-two, he says, "Whoever is angry at his brother without cause um, is in danger of judgment." So being angry without a reason causes um, puts us in danger of the the judgment, and we, um, I think. At least I do. I always say we, and then I speak for everyone, but I I really don't know. But I feel like we've got an incredible desire within us to be right all the time. Um, That's usually what most of our arguments are about. I'm right and you're wrong. Um, We like to, we have this, and because of that, we, we lash out at someone when we're attacked especially when we're wrongly attacked or accused, or we have this desire to to defend ourselves. Um, And we take things personally, and we get, we have a tendency to just get angry over a a lot of things, things that shouldn't really have any business um, causing us to be angry or or whatever. You know, things that are said uh, that we've taken the wrong way a lot of times. Things that that are done or things that aren't said are done, and we think that something should have been said or done and we just uh, we, can, we take things the wrong way and we get upset and we get angry and we can put expectations on people and when they don't live up to them we get upset and angry and the overwhelming theme of the New Testament is don't don't do that turn the other cheek Jesus says pray for them that hurt you forgive them let God defend you Walk in the Spirit. Have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. And uh, He says, live peaceably with all men. It says without a cause. And people will use that line as an excuse. For the most part. You know, I've, I had a reason to be upset with them. Because they didn't do this thing that I wanted them to do. They didn't say this thing. Or the, or they did. Or they did they did say that. Or, or whatever. We We use, you know... This as an excuse, but if we're putting the kingdom first, like we should, then there are these there are causes that we should get upset over. Um, when the kingdom's attacked, we should fight spiritually. That's how we're supposed to. You know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but when our feelings are hurt, um, Ephesians four twenty six to twenty seven says, "Be ye angry and sin not, and let the sun let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to." the devil. So there there is an anger that can come that <clears throat> doesn't lead to sin, but a lot of times our anger will if we're not careful. I'm sure I'm sure nobody has said anything when they're angry that they regretted. I'm sure nobody's destroyed any property when they were angry. Um, nobody's had to fix any holes in the walls. Nobody's had to apologize for things they've said. There's an anger that, that leads to sin. But there's, a, there's, a, there's things that we, you know, Jesus got upset about some things. Flipped some tables because they were abusing um, the temple. And, you know, these sorts of things Jesus got upset with. And so there, there, is a, there is a time to, that we can be angry. But most of the times, the things those, that we go through every day, most of those things... Um, if we're not careful, they're going to lead us to sin. They're going to lead us to, to say something that we shouldn't say. They're going to lead us to do something we shouldn't do. And by doing, or so by following this, um, we give place to the enemy. It says neither give place to the devil. So it follows that if we, if we are angry and we, we allow that in, that we're, we're letting him do what he wants and we're playing into his hand. Does that make some sort of sense? Um, brother, in Matthew five and twenty-two, that Jesus says, it's it's not your just your natural-born brother, but it's the entire um, body of Christ or, or the church, brothers and sisters in the church. And he says, if you if you call your brother Rakka, uh, which was a sort of a, a curse word, I don't normally know what it would be in English, um, but you would use it to describe someone when you were angry, and it means um, empty one or worthless. And it shows a complete lack of respect and utter contempt for a person. I don't really know if we have a word like that. I think it depends on who you are, what word you would use. Uh, and you know what word it is in your head right now. You're, you're saying it. Um, whatever word that is, that's the one. But you would use it to describe someone when you're upset about them. And, and it means like that they're completely worthless. It shows a lack of respect for a person. And we've, um, the last little while we've talked a bit about the heart and and murmuring and, and how what comes out reflects what's on the inside. And, and so while anger is a natural feeling, um, murder is not. And calling someone raka, this is acting on the anger. And that's the issue. Anger is going to come, but when we choose to act on it, that's when the we're giving place to, to the devil. That makes sense. This is expressing bad feelings and attitudes toward each other. And this is, this is the issue. And Jesus goes further and he says, calling someone a fool um, places us in danger of hellfire. A fool means someone who's dull or stupid or heedless or the words of uh, Lucy from Charlie Brown, a blockhead and absurd. By calling people these names, we are We're scorning their minds. We're scorning their heart and their character. And the Bible teaches us that man was created in the image of God. And so when we hate and we curse and we belittle each other, we're doing that to the very creation of God, something that's made in his image. And we are hating and cursing and belittling what Jesus has died on the cross for. And it's a serious thing. That person we are so angry with that we're willing to question everything they are, to call them useless or worthless or to condemn them. Jesus was willing to die for. And Jesus saw value in them. And Jesus loves them. And when we curse each other or we act on this anger toward each other. We're attempting to undermine what he's done on the cross. We're saying they're worthless. But yet he shed his blood and gave his life to save them. We say they're just stupid. But at the, the, same, the same spirit of God that teaches you lives in them. And is teaching them. The Old Testament just said don't kill each other. But Jesus takes it a little further and demands more of us. Cursing and calling our brother a fool it endangers us. It shows a void in our hearts. And if we can't, um, if we can't see our brother like Jesus sees them, then we're going to be in trouble. And so right at the beginning of his ministry with his disciples, Jesus is making sure that they get this. And resolving and eliminating the problem becomes the focus of his lesson here. And he tells us what we need to do first before we try to do the other things. Because we like to just come and we like to do our thing. And we just, you know, we want to come to church and we want to worship and sacrifice and sing and praise and have a good time in the presence of God. And all the while, we hate our brother. All the while we've cursed them out during the week and we've condemned them and said things about them. And cursing doesn't necessarily mean saying the bad you know, the words, the words, the list of words that we have. But literally cursing or condemning them and saying bad things about them. And so the rest of the passage, Jesus says in um, 23 to 24, Therefore thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. So in this lesson or this example that Jesus is giving them, he says there's a guy who's coming to offer a sacrifice to God. And you know, this goes beyond just what the Jewish type of sacrifices, the animals, the lambs, the and bulls and all that. And he comes, you know, as he comes close to God, he remembers that his brother has something against him. So what's he supposed to do? He's already, he's already come. Might as well just offer the sacrifice. You know, does, he, does he offer it or does he go and make things right? What would we do? And I know, I know what we do. Um, we'd ignore it and say it's his problem and not mine. Most part. But here in this lesson, Jesus establishes an order of things. And he says, you need to leave that gift. Literally, leave off sacrificing. Put it off until we settle a matter of greater importance than sacrificing. But to us, this church service we have is the most important thing. We weren't able to do it for a bit. And everyone was losing their minds. We need it. We need a move of God. We need these sacrifices and this praise and, and this worship and the, these altar calls. But Jesus tells us first to be reconciled to your brother. Couldn't it be that a lot of our issues and a lack of the move of God or however you want to word it comes back to us having issues with each other and not resolving them. Told you it wasn't going to be easy. So Jesus tells us here that before we try to sacrifice, before we try to bring something to God, but we need to go and we need to get right with our brothers. But we like to come and ignore our brothers and sacrifice anyway. And John, one of Jesus' disciples, he gets this, because later he writes a letter in 1 John 4 and 20, and he says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For, who, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's pretty straightforward. We've gone through this book before. It just hits you in the face over and over. We need to love each other. And we're kidding ourselves if we think we can judge and curse and condemn and gossip and talk bad about or tear down or each other and be right with God Jesus goes as far to say leave there thy gift before the altar and go that way and if you, if you have to leave leave and make it right that's how important it was to Jesus and these people that he's talking to they didn't come to the temple most of them every week it wasn't like I mean, they had the synagogues where they would go and they would hear some teaching but the, the temples where they would sacrifice. And if you didn't live in Jerusalem, you weren't coming every week. There were a few times a year that you would come, three or so um, sacrifices a year where people would come. And some of them, that's the only time they came. And it was that important that Jesus said, leave it and make it right. If you're, if you're not even going to be back here for six months, make it right. It's that important. Reconciled here comes from the uh, Greek word, dial, dialaso, probably. probably, meaning to change thoroughly or to, to bring back. Something occurs in this um, confrontation that changes the enmity, the disagreement to friendship. There's, there's something that happens. Um, And and to us, this this is shocking because to most of us, sacrificing is the most important thing. And coming together to worship is is the most important thing. But Jesus wants to make sure that the body is functioning in harmony first so that we can sacrifice and worship effectively. Yes, sacrifice. Yes, worship. But first, be right with each other. Does that make any sense? So there's a path to this reconciliation. The first thing, we need to face the problem. God will speak to us and he'll convict us when there's a difference between us and our brothers. I imagine he's already doing it right now. Being mature enough to face the matter, um, usually brings peace. A lot of times when we feel, oh, I need to get this right, and then we'll just kind of push it off. And the first thing, we need to face it. The second, we need to be willing that, to admit that there is a problem. A lot of us will just pretend that it never happened, and uh, it's all in my mind, and uh, whatever. They don't. But we've got to get it out in the open and quit ignoring these, these issues that we've got, that we've just been holding and hiding underneath for so long. The third thing is we need to show Christian humility. If we can't admit to somebody, if we can't be humble, we'll never never get right with each other. We need to have a repentant spirit. And we need to seek forgiveness on our part and our brother's part. And that's gotta be something that continues on. Because we're people. And we're gonna have problems with each other later on down the road. Some of you are married. Some of you fought with your wife yesterday. And you're gonna do it tomorrow. Or even today. Or you already have today. (laughs) It happens. Because we're people and we get disagreements. And so there's something that's gonna be an ongoing thing. reconciliation is a powerful thing. It's incredibly important and we need to be right with each other. So throughout the Bible, there's this, there's a lot of importance placed on brotherhood and broken relationships and fellowship with each other are serious things in the eyes of God and they can have eternal consequences on our lives. Science has proven their, the stressful impact that broken relationships have on people and this can also produce um, you know, spiritual it can affect ourselves spiritually as well bitterness, hatred and backsliding are evident when these differences exist how many people lose out with God because they have some issue with another member of the church or people stay away because of something that someone said or did or never come because of someone Hatred toward our brother causes us to walk in darkness. First John again, uh, 2, 9-11 to 11 says, Whosoever, or whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. It's a serious thing. The a tale as old as time. Cain and Abel. You know those guys? Cain was upset about something. He was upset that Abel's sacrifice was approved was of God and his wasn't. And he could have corrected his mistake. God said to him in Genesis 4, he said, why are you, why are you wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? If you, if you just fix this, if you sacrifice the right way, It'll be fine, but Cain does not do that. He does not. He has no interest in reconciling with, with God or with Abel, and he allows an offense and hatred to rise in his heart and results in the first murder of his brother. First John 3, 11-12 says, For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother and... War- Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. There was some discrepancy between them. And instead of making it right, he lashed out. So this is what Jesus has been getting at. If we don't make it right, we're going to end up hurting each other worse. Esau, Esau and Jacob, two other brothers, Esau had a deep anger towards Jacob. Because rightfully so, Jacob ripped him off a couple of times. Like, Jacob wasn't innocent in the whole thing. Esau had a reason to be upset with him. But he wouldn't forgive, and he wouldn't completely let it go. And, and this, Jacob offered a chance to, to reconcile, but Esau couldn't find in his heart to forgive completely. And for the rest of time, there was issues between their families and their descendants. And the book of Obadiah, he's a prophet, he prophesies, he spends a good portion speaking to Esau's family. And how there was going to be judgment because they failed to be reconciled with their brother. Joseph, if you remember him, his claim to fame, other than the dreams, is he forgave his brothers. And he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So there's all kinds of stories in the Bible, one way or the other, where people... Reconciled and people did it. And you can see what happens when we don't. And unfortunately, sometimes even when we go to someone and we try to make it right, some folks just don't want to be reconciled. And I'm sure you've been there before. I've been there. That's where Jacob and Esau were. Jacob tried and Esau wouldn't. And if that's the case, you know, that's between them and God, and you're, you are responsible for you. You need to make sure that you've done what you've been told by him. But good relationships are essential to our mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Proper relationships between us are more important than offering gifts before the altar of God. If Jesus feels this strongly about it, why shouldn't we? So first he says reconcile, and second he says offer our gift. Remember, that's what we came to do first. We came to worship, we came to sacrifice, we came to give to God. The gift still needs to be offered, the sacrifice still needs to be given. He doesn't say just be, be cool with everyone and then just go about and do whatever you want. He says continue on with the, the sacrifice, but first make sure that you're right with each other. Now, after we've been reconciled, we can bring our sacrifice, which Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, he present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Our lives are what we give to him now. And could it be that God will not accept us or worship talents, singing, or whatever, if we are at odds with our brother or sister in him. So let's put the first things first, and the smallest gift will be acceptable. If you could come back to the music, Cheryl. <laughs> um, this is one of those things again that there's some things you preach and you kind of just go home and do your own thing. You put in the practice at home, um, but this is this is one of those things. That It needs to be be done. And this is where it gets uncomfortable. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and hug it out like we do with our kids. But if we have something against someone or we know they have an issue with us, why don't we take some time this morning and make it right? As uncomfortable as it is, (laughs) we're going to be worried about people looking at us. But Jesus said that's what we need to do first. I know this is a bit of an odd message today. I don't know what you came expecting to hear. Why don't we take some time and, and pray this morning? if Jesus impresses a name or a person on us let's make it right with them or no doubt during some point of this message a name came to mind if that's the case you need to make it right with them sometimes it's something we've done, sometimes it's something they've done sometimes it's just a misunderstanding most of the times it's a misunderstanding So why don't we pray with each other and pray for each other take some time and make sure that we're right with each other so that he can actually do what it is that he wants to do and reconcile because we're all the body and we need to be working to, together for this thing to go forward you know what it's like when one part of your body doesn't want to work you gotta soar back Everything's hard. You tear the ligaments in your ankles. Slows you down a bit. I had a sore shoulder a couple months ago. I couldn't do anything. I don't even know what happened. Crossing over to the old age. You know, even something small like like a toothache can really... Or an earache or something small. When the body's not working together, it causes a lot of problems and slows everything down and kind of throws everything off. So we need to make sure that we're all good with each other and working together for this church to go forward and to grow. First John 1 and 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. The world hates each other. Doesn't take, you can go on any social media post anywhere and just see people hating each other in the comments. That's what the world does. When we're called to walk in the light. We're called to be different. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with each other, John says. And Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He works through that. If we want to be right with God, we need to get right with each other. So we could stand, I guess, we're going to. We're going to pray for each other today. Um, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. If we don't do it, then I don't know. that's between you and Jesus, I guess. But Let's pray for each other. Let's forgive each other. And let's be forgiven. We need the sacrifices. We need to come to worship. We need to come and praise. We need to give ourselves to Him. But we also need to make sure that we're right with each other. So we're going to just take some time this, this this morning. Let's find someone to pray with. Um, if you want to come to the front, you can. It might make it easier to find someone instead of hunting them down their seat. I don't know. But let's just find a place. Let's just pray with each other and make sure that we're right. And if you know that someone's got something against you, why don't we just make it right with him? If you know, if you got something against someone, whatever it is, let's just make sure that we're right with each other and then we'll bring our sacrifice and then we'll bring our praise. Let's do that this morning if we can. I'm gonna stop talking. Let's just find a place and let's pray together. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.